hello and thank you for tuning into Bible study. I hope that you're having a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day here in Taos, New Mexico, and I'm so glad to be home. I have been on a trip, a journey that began in Albuquerque last Shabbat, last Saturday, and it just extended into a mighty assignment, and I'm just so thankful for our safe travels and all that God did in such a mighty way. And today we are talking about revival, and it's all linked together with what's going on in our lives and what's going on upon this earth right now. There is mighty shifts happening in the spirit and God is equipping and aligning and gathering together his end time army. He's gathering us together to come together and that there would be a mighty end time harvest. And I'm just excited for all that Yahweh is doing. It is mighty. Before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Yahweh, we just come before you and we thank you for your great faithfulness. We thank you for your love, for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for what it is that you are doing in this hour upon this earth that we can be alive to witness and to encounter, to experience, that we can be used as vessels for your kingdom and for your glory, for the mighty revival and reformation that you are calling many to yourself, that you are calling for a mighty move of your spirit across this land. And we just look forward to all that it is that you're doing and that we can be a part of this glory train that you are assembling. We give you honor and praise in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen and amen. So before Before we get into scriptures, I wanted to share a quick testimony since we're talking about revival. It was back a couple weeks ago that I got a call from Pastor Songbae. She's from Florida, and she is working to plan this Route 66 revival that goes all along I-40, starting in Chicago and ending in California. She was coming with Pastor Ben Lim, and they are working together. He was given a vision back in Navajo Nation last year when there was great revival breaking out among the Navajos. There was people getting healed, sight returning, people losing weight supernaturally. There was cancer being healed, deaf ears opening. And last week we were speaking about fruit. So we've seen the fruit of a mighty move of the Spirit of God and revival that is taking place. And this was in Navajo Nation. During that time, Pastor Ben Lim had a vision about this Route 66 revival, which is known as the Mother Road. And I know of intercessors and people who have been praying up and down that road for the last few years. So the potential came that they might come to Taos, New Mexico, although that didn't work out. God had other plans that it would be in Albuquerque instead because they had to fly out very early and for them to drive two and a half hours out of the way was going to be difficult. So we ended up going to the meeting that they were having, this visionary meeting for the Route 66 revival, and we were invited to do the worship there. And so me and my daughter led worship. Now we've been in prayer and worship for three years straight in the house of prayer, morning, noon, and night. We sing, we worship every single day. This was our first time really stepping out into a public arena, apart from some places where we have done night watch worship. This was different for us, but I was being obedient and led of the Holy Spirit to praise Him passionately at this place. And so we went to this last Saturday, and as we worshiped, there was such a presence of God that filled the room, and it was so powerful. Ben Lim also jumped on the drums, so it was me on the keyboard singing with my daughter on the guitar and God just moved. He did a new thing and it was on this full moon that happened last week. It was a very powerful and anointed night, but not only that, we saw miracles. We saw a man's leg grow out. We saw a woman who hadn't had feeling in her body since 1986 in her leg. We saw her run and she could not run before this. We saw another lady who had her foot amputated. She was able to walk without her walker. There was a man that had been healed of deafness from a child. It was just 
powerful because God was moving and healing. We're talking scriptures like we read about in the book of Acts and what we had talked about last week about looking at the fruit. Is there healing? Is there deliverance? Are blind eyes seeing? Are deaf ears being opened? Are the lame walking? And that's exactly what we saw in the fruit of this. And I just was so inspired. My husband happened to already have to have a meeting in Los Angeles because currently with our soda company, it's expanding and we were going to be looking for a new facility to bottle our drinks. And so that was in Los Angeles. And so he was going to fly out. But after this door opened up for the Route 66 and we had this revival, we thought, well, we'll go pray along this highway wherever the Holy Spirit leads us and we will end up in Los Angeles for your meeting. So the entire family loaded in the car. We ended up spending one night in each location from Gallup, New Mexico, to Flagstaff, to Barstow, to Santa Monica, Los Angeles, where the Route 66 ends. And at each place, we were just divinely guided by the Holy Spirit, and we were able to pray with people and just watch how God moved and opened doors. It was just a very powerful time of being led by His Spirit, being called out and going. It was definitely something that we've done out of the box. But I believe what God is doing is a revival where He is gathering together His tribes. He's gathering together his wild ones. He's gathering together the people that are willing to step out. And I realized he's been preparing us for such a time as this for three years in prayer and in secret and consistency and intimacy in his presence. And now he's calling us out because when the disciples were called out, they were given the power to lay hands on the sick, that they would recover, to cast out demons. These are the manifestations of being disciples of the living God, that these things would be happening in our country in our nation, in this world, every day. And we, of course, see that miracle signs and wonders here in the house of prayer all the time. People come here, people in need. We evangelize, we clothe the naked and feed the hungry. That's something we've been doing locally. And now this is a call for us to step out more in the nation. And so I'm just very excited for what God is doing because he hasn't called us out since he called us to Israel. And that's when we stepped out and we went on the missionary journey to Israel to pray in key locations where we encountered Yeshua on the top of Mount Hermon, which is the scripture that we read about where he was transfigured in Matthew chapter 18. So this is a very powerful timing for us that I believe because Yeshua is coming very soon that there's not much time left and souls are important. And he cares for souls. He cares for lives. He cares that people would be healed, delivered, set free, that he would be glorified, that many would come into his kingdom. I believe what we're seeing is a mighty revival of glory, of his glory being revealed upon this earth. Yes, there are fires. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there are these things that are pushing us exactly where we need to be to be prepared for his coming. And he's coming so very soon. So I'm so excited for what it is that God is doing and just to be participating and serving his kingdom at this time upon this earth. The thing about it is, is when we go and we serve his kingdom, there is challenges. When you step out, there is the darkness that comes against you. Of course, we're covered and armed by the blood, protected, but we stay vigilant in prayer because the enemy is seeking those he can devour. We know that our God is mighty to save, to heal, deliver. But we read all about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 4 through 11. It says, in all these things, we commend ourselves 
ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in torments, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit. Notice it's by the Holy Spirit because you're going to go through things when you step out to serve the kingdom. And there's laboring and there's sleeplessness and there's stripes. But by the Holy Spirit, we are able to have patience, to have long suffering, to have purity among it. It says by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God. We can't do these things in our own strength, but by his power, by his might, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report as deceivers and yet true. Notice when you are stepping out, there's persecutions we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, rulers of darkness in high places. The enemy comes to accuse. He comes to persecute. He comes to come against those who would step out in faith and begin serving the kingdom. And that's exactly what the disciples went through, what Yeshua went through. So we know that these things come and there might be evil reports. There might be lies that come against you and people will drag your name and call you this and that. But it says by evil report and good report as deceivers and yet true. Because we're walking in the truth of the salvation and the righteousness of our God. We are protected in who we are as our identity, as his kings and priests, his church, his ruling body upon this earth. But that does not mean that there won't be attacks. That doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't come against you. And it says, as unknown and yet well known. We're known in the kingdom. We might be nameless, faceless, but we're known to God. As dying and behold, we live. As chastened and yet not killed. As sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. So we see this encouragement. We understand that the disciples who went before us went through trials, tribulations, through beatings, through imprisonments, through death, through chastening, through people coming against them through persecutions in distresses and stripes imprisonments but these were great men of faith and we can continue to walk in faith knowing that those things come but knowing that we will persevere we will persevere by the spirit of God and in the armor of righteousness which is the blood of Yeshua the robe of righteousness we put it on we are clothed in the righteousness when the enemy comes to kill still destroy to accuse we put on the righteous salvation of Yeshua. Amen. And we read about in Luke 9 when the disciples were sent out, and you can read the whole chapter, but that is when they are sent out, that Yeshua has given them power to lay hands on the sick, that they would recover to cast out demons. He's given them power to go out, and they went out. They didn't take money. They didn't take extra clothing. Where the door was open, that's where they stepped in. Now, they would leave their peace if they were accepted, and if not, they would shake the dust off of their feet. And that's what I see is happening in this revival, is that there's doors that are opening, and there's doors that are closing, but the doors that are open are opened by the Father, by the Spirit of God. And the ones that are closed are the ones where you are not received. You just shake the dust off, move on, persevere. So we read about that in Luke chapter 9. When we get down a little bit further, we see where Yeshua has fed 5,000 people. Notice he's always feeding people, healing people, touching people. And that's what he calls us to do. Feed his sheep. He calls us out. And 
He did a miracle. These people were hungry, 5,000 of them. So the disciples are coming to Yeshua and they're telling him, you know, send these people off. They're hungry. And Yeshua said, feed them. And that's the thing. Sometimes we don't know how things are going to work out. We don't know how they're going to pan out. We don't know how he will accomplish the things that he's called us to. But we can see through his life, the faith, the walk of faith, Yeshua walked. He said, you feed them to his disciples. He told them, feed them. And what do you have? Oh, well, all we've got is two fish and five loaves of bread. Five loaves and two fish. And we're going to feed 5,000 people. Never forget the God that you serve who is mighty to multiply, mighty to save, mighty to feed the multitude, mighty to make the way because it is by his spirit that he multiplies. He takes what we have and he multiplies it so that people will be fed, so people will have what they need. This is Luke 9. 13 through 20. Read the whole chapter, but also this is the part we're going to focus on. But Yeshua said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people, for there were about 5,000 men. Imagine the administration of feeding 5,000 people. Can you imagine the administration nightmare if you're trying to do it in the flesh? But when you're doing it according to the spirit, it's supernatural. And that's what I love about this is it has to be supernatural. New wine, new wine skin, supernatural grace and multiplication. That is our God. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. And then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him and he asked them saying, who do the crowds say that I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah and others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. Now remember, this is one version of this scripture, but in the scripture in Matthew, he says that he is Yeshua, the son of God. And that's when Yeshua said on this rock, I will build my church because when we know who he is and that he is the son and that he is able to heal, deliver, set free, to multiply, then that is the rock. We understand who he is. We understand he was the stone that was rejected of men, but that became the head cornerstone of his church, of his ecclesia. We know that we serve a mighty God who saves, heals, delivers, and sets us free. And no thing can stop the move of God that he has equipped us for, that he has called us to, that he is doing. Amen. The crowds might not know it. People might not know it. But when you've been spending time with him, Peter was close with him. He walked with him. He was his disciple. When you have been in the presence of the living God, you know what he can do. And you know that he sets you free every single day. You know that he multiplies. You know that he is able. Hallelujah. So that is what we lean upon. We see what he can do. We see that he has multiplied and he'll do it again. He'll do it again and he'll do it again and he'll do it again. We know the God that we serve who is able 
and we recall his mighty works. He can take your willing heart to give him a little something and he can multiply it and touch lives. And that's what I see is happening with this revival because it's not a planned thing that's been being planned for months and months and administration nightmare. It is being led of the spirit and letting him make the way and plow the ways and make the crooked ways straight and multiply the food for the people. That is who our God is. Amen. Amen. Right after this confession of Peter is when the disciples walked up to the top of Mount Hermon. Now, when I went to Israel with my husband, and you read about this in Matthew, when you read the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 17 and 18, Yeshua was at the gates of hell, what is known as the gates of hell, in Caesarea Philippi. That's Pan's Grotto when you go to Israel. And Pan's Grotto is this giant cave where there was a temple unto the god Pan, and there was bestiality and human sacrifice at this location, at this temple. It's where we get the word pandemic. It's where the word panic comes from. So we're talking about these crazy gates of hell, right? Well, when we went to Israel, we were led to go pray there. My husband had a prophetic vision in the last day that we were there. We were called there. It was confirmed in the word through the Holy Spirit for me to go along with him. And we literally had to break through the gates because everything was closed down because of the global shutdowns. And we had to go in an alternative way. We couldn't go through the front door (laughs) or the regular parking lot. So my husband looked on Google Earth and we were able to come in through a forest. So we basically broke into the gates of hell and we were called to pray there. How can we do this? Only by the power and the might of the Spirit of God and being led of his Spirit to be called to go there. And when we got there, there was blackbirds that flew out of this cave and we were called to declare and to pray certain scriptures. And as we finished up the prayer and the Holy Spirit just took over as we were declaring and as we were praying. But right after we said amen, that's when the thunder roared and a mighty cloud was above us and spoke, rumbled, like as to say amen. And we were just so encouraged and not afraid. When when I was walking through the forest, I'll tell you the truth, I was afraid, but I was praying for invisibility. I was thinking to myself, the worst thing that could happen is we die, but if we're being obedient, then we'll be with the Father. And we were praying that no one would find us because we thought, well, we could end up in jail for trespass. But if this is what God is calling us to do, we are willing to lay down our lives. We're willing to do this. Right after we prayed, I was so filled with the Holy Spirit. There was no fear. There was just perfect love. And we hiked up this mountain. Little did I know that this mountain is called Mount Hermon. And this is exactly what took place in Matthew 18. First in Matthew 17, he declares to Peter on this rock, I will build my church. And that rock is knowing our salvation and our identity in the Father and knowing who his son is, his salvation. And then right after that, they walked up to the highest peak, which is Mount Hermon. And Yeshua was transfigured into his heavenly glory, meaning he wasn't just flesh anymore. And the disciples saw Elijah and Moses there and they saw Yeshua shine like the sun in his heavenly garments, in his heavenly body. They saw him as he truly was, not as in flesh, but his heavenly body. And right after that, thinking in their minds, let's build a temple to Moses, one for Elijah, one for Yeshua. They're thinking in manly terms. They're thinking in man's ways. And a cloud comes and overshadows them. And this is Matthew 17, 5. It says, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. 
And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And that's exactly what happened to us when we went up to the top of Mount Hermon and the glory of God just poured out over all of Israel in the clouds. We saw a beautiful shaped Holy Spirit in the clouds. I mean, we're talking golden rays for miles, stretching out miles and miles all over Israel. Right after we've prayed at the gates of hell, then we see this glory in the sky. We see the clouds open up and we see Yeshua shining in his glory as a lion of Judah. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, Behold, he comes riding on the clouds at the trumpet's call. Lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee and out of Zion's hill salvation comes. I heard that song. These are the days of Elijah preparing the way for the Lord. And I knew that everything that I had been through in my life up until that point, because we had been called for nine months to be in prayer, morning, noon, and night was preparation for this encounter on top of Mount Hermon. And what did this encounter do for me? It showed me everything that you have been doing in secret. I have been preparing you for this moment to see me in my glory. Go tell the people that everything they're going through right now, the fires, the chastening, the challenges, the upheavals, the the things that we go through as disciples of the Father, that these are preparation for greater glory, for greater things that are coming. And they're for a purpose because our King is coming for a bride who is is ready, coming for us. All of this is written in my book, King of Glory, A Journey Out of Egypt and Into the Promised Land. But I want to focus on this passage here. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and the voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my son. When we have encountered the son, when we have encountered the lion of Judah, when we have encountered his glory, when we understand who he is, that he is the son of God coming for a ready body. When we understand that we are his children, that we are the children of God, when we understand our identity, hallelujah. It's not for man to see. It's not to be exploited in man's ways. It's to hear him. And I love that God spoke that to the disciples. Hear him. Listen to him. Be led of him. Walk as he walked. Lay your hands on the sick that they would recover. Cast out demons. That we are here to know who we are in Yeshua, that it might benefit souls, that people would be healed, delivered, and set free, that the lame would walk, that the blind would see, that the ears would be open. And that's truly revival. When we know our identity in our Father, and we take that out into the world, and to minister the good news, the gospel, and there will be challenges, and there will be things that come against us, but God is with us to multiply. He is with us to make the way The Holy Spirit is with us and his righteousness covers us. So we do not have to fear because there is revival that is touching down on the earth right now. And I am so thankful. If you want more information about this Route 66 revival, please visit Route66revival.us, Route66revival.us. I am jumping on this glory train because I see that God's hand is upon it, that he is moving, that people are being touched, healed, delivered, and set free. And there is a mighty move of the Father that has taken place. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we just thank you for what it is that you're doing upon this earth. We thank you that we can encounter you and as we do, that it sends us out with a mission, that it sends us out to hear your voice, to do things your way, not in the ways of structures of man, but your way to be led of your spirit, to be covered in your righteousness. We just thank you that you are a mighty God who leads and guides us into all truth. We thank you that you are the God of multiple 
multiplication of provision, that you make the way. You are the very rock and foundation on which we thrive as a church, as a body, as an ecclesia. Thank you for what it is that you're doing and for the revival and for the people that you're bringing together in this time and in this season. We are so thankful for all that you're doing. We give you glory. We give you praise in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. I pray that this word has encouraged you, has blessed you. I hope that you are encouraged today and that you have a beautiful and blessed week. Also, if you would like to get a copy of my most recent book, it is called Overcoming by the Blood of the Lamb and the Word of Our Testimony. There's seven authors total in the book, myself and my husband and my other friends that are in this book. And if you would like to get a copy of that, please email me at taushope at gmail.com, taushope at gmail.com. And have a beautiful and blessed day.